0: Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans, and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at NOLA, Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Thursday, day after The Pelicans' second preseason game, a comeback victory led by... Not the rookie you would think. We'll look at the comeback and the lineup that was used to make this happen. It's preseason. We don't want to read too much into it, but still impressive. And the second segment of today's show. First segment, though, is going to be all about Zion, as we want to do here. He was outstanding in his action in just his second game in the NBA, second preseason game total. Third segment, we'll take a look at the rest of the team. There were some very good players out there, some guys who struggled, we'll take a look at both the good and the bad in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. We'll touch on Zion's near-perfect shooting performance on Wednesday night against the Chicago Bulls before we touch on that, though. Don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts from. Here Monday through Friday, breaking down everything you want to know about Zion, Drew Holiday, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Jackson Hayes, and the rest of the team. It's going to be a very exciting season. Come along for the ride. Tell a friend, leave a five-star review, but more importantly, subscribe so you never miss an episode Locked on Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. So Zion Williamson, I, you know, I don't really know what there is to say. If you watch this game and it was a nationally televised Pelicans preseason game, think about that for just a second if you've been following this team for an extended period of time. Y- you know how good he was in this matchup against the Chicago Bulls, at least offensively. We can nitpick some other things, but overall, dude was pretty masterful. If you look at his shot chart, it is absurd. All but one of his shots were in the restricted area and the other one that wasn't was like five feet out instead of three feet out he was just an absolute monster down low and he scored in different ways than he did against the Atlanta Hawks the Pelicans got him the ball in motion with a full head of steam heading towards the rim going downhill and he's very very tough to stop when he's worked like that this was a little bit different. You still saw some of the just power that this guy has, particularly when he had that 360 spin dunk in traffic and just no one could do anything about it. But he was used in the pick and roll a little bit more in this game than he was in game one against Atlanta. He was used to just kind of be the dump off man to get the ball down low, which he did. And he is good down low. It's kind of as simple as that and you know if you've listened to my scouting reports on him here on the podcast he is so good with the ball down low in traffic maybe because he's a little bit shorter than you know a a power forward a big or a center that you would think and he has such a low point where he holds the ball it's tough to kind of slap it out of his hands and he doesn't really lose it. He's also very strong so maybe it's just not easy to get the ball out of his big just pause that he has Um, and you saw that in the game last night with just one turn turnover that's outstanding for a rookie so he's able to maneuver through traffic because he has good handles on the ball because he's kind of got that just strong command over his body and allowed him to just weave in and out and go up for dunks when he just needed to or layups or a, you know one putback shot there too just easy ways to score for him he made it look effortless he on the night finished with 29 points and did it on 12 of 13 shooting. He missed one shot in a little bit, in almost 27 minutes worth of action. 12 of 13. That is 92.3% shooting from the field. He got to the line eight times, hit five of eight there. You'd like that to be up a little bit. Again, nitpicking the offense. Grabbed four rebounds, but also had four assists. And you saw the passing and the vision that he has in the first game against Atlanta, and it carried over into this one as well. He can make the right read, the right pass pretty easily if need be. You saw early on in the game that Zion grabbed that steal or defensive board, I forget what it was, got it out in transition, ran through the bounce pass, which was just just a great pass in general to Lonzo Ball, and then Lonzo tossed it right back up to Zion for the jam. Well, a couple plays later, kind of had a bit of a reverse of that, where it was the Zion to Lonzo down low alley layup. It's pretty cool to see the passing that he's more of a complete player than we maybe thought he was going to be right off the bat in the NBA. He's just got very good vision, very good instincts and knows how to make the right kind of passes to hit his man in stride or wherever it is that he needs to put the ball. And it's not just him kind of flinging things or doing dump off. Passes. He's putting some zip behind these things and he looks good. Again, 29 points on the night, 12 of 13 shooting, four rebounds, four assists, just one turnover. Finished with 29 points on the night. Nearly perfect offensive performance if you really want to kind of cut down to it. Defensively, he is still struggling. This is to be expected. He's 19 years old. Rookies come into the league almost at a disadvantage when it comes to the defensive side of the ball. He's going to just take time to adjust. He looks very lost out there in times, particularly in transition, particularly on switches and help defense. The Pelicans overall have been bad defensively, and we'll talk about that in the third segment. Zion's okay on the ball, But it's all that other stuff of what happens when you're an off-ball defender, different things like that. That's where he's struggling. But again, that's to be expected, and it's going to grow, and it should get better as the season goes on, and also maybe as the Pelicans, if they improve defensively as well. But offensively, his game is good. It works, it's efficient, it's effective, and the Pelicans, more importantly, know how to use him. You can nitpick this and say, well, he didn't take any jumpers, any outside shot, but we were kind of complaining about that in the first game against Atlanta when he went 0 for 2 from 3 and didn't look really good shooting the ball. So you know what? He cut those out and played a very effective style of ball. 29 points on 13 shots is absolutely insane. He was that good. He is as good as advertised. The hype is real. Now, Pelicans fans, you're going to finally get to see him at home on Friday in the first home preseason game against the Utah Jazz. So we'll talk about the Pelicans 23-point comeback for a 127-125-point win over the Chicago Bulls and the lineup that really created that in the fourth quarter that went on. But before we get to that, today's edition of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by Indochino. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when entering Locked On at checkout. All right, it was a 127-125 win for your New Orleans Pelicans over the Chicago Bulls. A 23-point comeback in this one for the Pelicans, led by kind of a surprising, but not really surprising group in the fourth quarter. There was one lineup that played the entirety of the fourth quarter, and it consisted of Frank Jackson, um, Jaleel Okafor, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Josh Hart, and Kenrich Williams. And that is the group that forced this comeback to get the Pelicans a victory. If I told you there was a rookie that got the Pelicans back from being down 23 points, you would have said Zion. We probably all would have said Zion. And then Nikhil Alexander-Walker came in and showed us, as I've said all week on the podcast, going even going back to media day two weeks ago, he is out to take someone's minutes and establish himself as a rotation player. He was the catalyst for this one. Everyone in that lineup played particularly well, and we'll touch on all of those guys, but it was Nikhil Alexander-Walker that was the catalyst for all of this. In the fourth quarter, he was four of seven from the field, three of four from deep, two of four from the line finished with two assists 13 points so 13 points on seven shots he was out there to lead this team also create a little bit for others but his three-point shooting and willingness to attack the basket just the Bulls had no answer for it whatsoever He might need to be the backup point guard for this team. He was basically outstanding in this one and is just making a claim. On the night, he finished with 13 points and 7 assists. And he did that in 20 minutes of action. He really got cooking scoring-wise in the fourth quarter when someone needed to take over, but started to help that comeback in the third when he finally got into the game, uh, going with kind of a similar rotation that Alvin Gentry employed, at least for the rookies, in the first game against Atlanta that we saw. Josh Hart in the fourth quarter was also pretty key to all of this. Four of six from the field, three of four from deep. He chipped in four rebounds, three assists, kind of shared some of the point guard duties there for a 11 points. You had Frank Jackson out in that lineup as well. He was two of four, two of two from three point land. Basically, the Pelicans were eight of 10 from three in the fourth quarter. They got hot. Frank Jackson finished with six points in that period. He had a pretty good scoring game overall in this one. He was four of four from deep, four for seven from the field, put up 12 points along with three assists, two rebounds. Basically, you had a number of guys who kind of just split the ball handling duties for the Pelicans in the third and fourth quarters that got them this win. And then you can't forget about Jaleel Okafor, three of three from the field during that time, three of three from the free throw line, finished with nine points, grabbed three rebounds as well. And then Kenrich Williams, maybe the unsung hero of that fourth quarter lineup, didn't shoot much, only took one shot, though he made it, so he finished with two points, but five rebounds rebounds, three assists. In the fourth quarter, the Pelicans had 14 makes, 11 of them were assisted, and everyone chipped in with at least one assist in that closing fourth quarter lineup. It was a four-out lineup basically built around Jaleel Okafor. Put a big out there and put four shooters who can also handle the Rock, and apparently good things happen. They played solid defense as well. It was a 41 to 18 point period for New Orleans as they clawed back in this one to get the victory, basically right at the end of this game. Impressive to see from these guys. And as we said, Nikhil Alexander-Walker looks like a steal right now with the 17th overall pick. Yes, get excited about Zion, Be excited for the future of Jackson Hayes, but Nikhil Alexander-Walker is going to get minutes in the rotation. Maybe not to start because we've seen Alvin Gentry sometimes kind of rely on the guys he knows. Maybe it's a devil you know type of situation. But by the end of the year, Nikhil Alexander-Walker is going to be getting significant minutes and is maybe going to be trying to make a run at one of the all-rookie teams for the Pelicans and the NBA by the end of the year. He looks that good. He can be the score when you need him to be the score, and his three-point shot is basically money. He can also assist and break down a defense. His passing was significantly better compared to game one when he had a number of turnovers. Here, he could make the right read. He seemed to be a little bit more comfortable out there. This dude just got a bit of a scorer's mentality, a killer instinct that helped the team close out the game. They don't win this without him. He didn't shoot well overall until the fourth quarter, but he showed he can make up for it and he still impacts the game in other ways. So that was the closing lineup in this game when basically the Pelicans probably thought they were going to be out of it. They rested Zion, didn't play Drew Holiday anymore, and just kind of threw some guys out there. And credit to those guys for being hungry enough to go out and get the victory. They could have just packed it in. The Bulls weren't trying, which is why this isn't like the most impressive thing I've ever seen in my life. But these guys didn't quit. And that really says something. And you're seeing them kind of develop some chemistry together, kind of having that edge that maybe you need to have, kind of being a bit of an underdog this season. Very cool to see. Again, this is going to be a fun year. I don't know if this team's a playoff team, though certainly if everyone lives up to the expectations or plays a little bit above that, they should be. But this is always going to be a fun team to watch. Even if the Pelicans lost this game, it would have been really fun. When they were down 23 points, it was pretty fun to watch them play. We haven't been able to say that in years past. Even when the first half of this game reminded you a lot of the Pelicans teams of old, and I'll explain what I mean by that in the segment coming up we'll get to that along with some other odds and ends in just a moment here but before we do that if you're interested in advertising on locked on pelicans there's no better time than now the audience has been through the roof this city is ecstatic excited about zion williamson and the you know opportunities for this pelicans team this year get on the ground level of everything you can email me it's locked on Pels at gmail.com that's locked on Pels at gmail.com So I said the offense was pretty bad overall, and the team didn't look good for the first half of this game. They really came alive in the fourth quarter, despite Zion having that pretty tremendous game. And I said it kind of reminds you a little bit of past Pelican seasons, which should terrify you a little bit, but we're not not worrying that much about it right now. And that's because while Zion was excellent offensively no one else really had anything going and the team really struggled through the first half of this game and that's a bit of a concern. The final numbers look good and overall things could have been way worse, but they didn't shoot particularly well, particularly from deep, and relied a little bit too much on isolation ball, particularly in the first quarter. So Brandon Ingram in this one didn't have the best night. In the first half, he was three of seven uh, from the field, 0 for one from deep, finished with nine points, but just didn't feel very impactful and really felt like he took the Pelicans out of the offense that they wanted to run. He finished 3 of 9 overall in this one. Derek Favors was fine. You saw him get more of an extended run than he did after kind of being a little bit injured against Atlanta. Um, He was 3 of 4 from the field in this one. Nine points on the night. Lonzo Ball didn't contribute to the scoring. That was a big issue with it. 1 of five, zero for 3 from deep. But he did finish with 4 rebounds, 9 assists, 2 points on the night. He was still pretty good. You can see he and Zion are developing chemistry together, which I think is maybe one of the biggest things you can take away from this preseason that you know you could read into and carry over to the regular season. He contributes in other ways. The 9 assists were really, really good. Setting teammates up in the fast break and almost being like the perfect type of point guard for what Alvin Gentry wants to do. The four rebounds are just a real great bonus with him too. He's a strong rebounder for his position, that point guard spot, and that means the Pelicans can get into their offense early, whether it's transition or whether it's early half court offense. He is capable of getting this all done. If he gets a shot, great. It's like Lanyap, but other than that, he contributes. You can feel it. Drew Holiday was not feeling it in this game. He only played 21 minutes worth of action. Four of ten from the field, two of six from deep. Did contribute with four assists, three rebounds, but four turnovers, just forcing things a little bit too much. They played some very good defense at times out there, and you all know what he's capable of doing. Uh, J.J. Redick, limited minutes. They just, I don't think, want to burn him out. um, And it's no big Big deal. Nicolo Melli, still not the greatest shooter out there on the court. 2 of 5 from the field. 0 for 2 from deep. 4 points on the night. But he did have 6 rebounds in this one alongside 2 assists, 4 turnovers. The NBA game, I should say, is still coming to him just a little bit. But when this team plays well, and they didn't in the first half, and you still can see everything coming together and how good they're going to be. The team had 48 48 field goals made in this one. 40 assists on the night for New Orleans. 12 players had an assist in this game. They played 13 guys. 12 of them had one assist. Derek Favors, way to let the team down a little bit right there. Of those 12 guys, 9 of them had more than one assist. That is gentry style of ball. Either play in transition, make the right pass, get an easy bucket that way, or get early offense in the half court. I think that is a very good thing. And you see it, they move the ball well. Just other than Brandon Ingram, no one just has the ball stick to him. He's not, no one else is really a black hole on offense. And I think it hopefully will come in time with Brandon Ingram. But the fact that he's played two games now, in the first half of each game, he's kind of resorted to that isolation ball where he works really hard for an inefficient shot. And then in the first game, got into the rhythm of the offense in the second half and really came alive in the third quarter, but just didn't even have the opportunity in this one. He's got to get better getting into the flow of the offense, the rhythm of the offense early on. They're going to give him every opportunity, but this is a make-or-break season for him and for the Pelicans because he's up for a contract. They've got to potentially pay him as a restricted free agent, and with this young team and a lot of flexibility... Giving him a big contract and killing some of that flexibility is not a great thing. So you need to be very sure in what he is, and he needs to play exceptionally well for the Pelicans to pay him. Or for maybe anyone to pay him. He's going to get paid. The wing crop in this upcoming free agency is not too great. So that's kind of all I've got for this game. A couple other things I'm sure will come up. Defense didn't look great. Rotations were not there. They're still learning what Jeff Bizdelic wants to do. There's definitely some confusion on should they be switching? Should they not be switching? Who's got the backdoor cut? Where's the help defense coming from? Again, it's early on. But now there's only three more preseason games till the regular season starts. You'd like to see it get a a little bit better we didn't really see it improve much in the second game hopefully it will against the Utah Jazz on Friday So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Exciting victory for the Team Zion with a near-perfect offensive performance. Future's bright here in New Orleans. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from and stay up to date on everything about this Pelicans team. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nolajake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow.